0: You fired the first shot. I like that. I like that. Welcome to the Superbook Sports Podcast. 18! 180! 180! What's up? Hosted by career Las Vegas odds makers Jay Cornegate and John Murray, featuring comedian Brad Tobler. The best way to ignore the noise is to beat the noise. A production of
1: greenrollmedia.com, the world's premier sports betting podcast network. Rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Ball
0: just to get rid of the ball, finds Kelsing!
1: And presented by the world-famous Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com to get in the action with better odds, favorable prices, and an expansive betting menu. Now live in Nevada, Colorado, and New Jersey. Sign up today at SuperBook.com.
0: SuperBook.com. You've waited all week and kickoff is here Here let's jump behind the counter at the superbook with jay cornegay and john murray to grab the edge that you need ahead of this weekend's nfl action that's what makes the nfl the nfl you don't know any given sunday here's your mc brant
1: tobler it's time for the playoff edition of the superbook sports podcast the line starts here i'm your host brant tobler And as always, I'm joined with my good friends out in Vegas, Jay Cornegay and John Murray. Jay, we'll start with you this week. uh, Week 18's over. As a Bronco fan, I'm glad. I was rooting for him to lose. But as I was watching that game, I was thinking, I bet the sports book needs the Broncos to upset the Chiefs, and it looked like it was going to (laughs) happen.
2: Yeah, the books weren't the only ones that need the Broncos. I, I, I will admit... I swallowed the whole Aaron Rodgers news back in April that mm-hmm. he was going to land on the Broncos. And at that time I, I kind of emptied out my accounts on the Broncos division odds over seven and a half wins. And I, I, I normally don't do that, but from some of the sources that were acknowledging that, yeah, that that's going to happen. You know, I, I, I truly been into that. And uh, so I, Not only did the books need them to beat Kansas City, but uh, me personally, I needed over seven and a half wins. So didn't get there, but uh, we were looking uh, pretty good because if the Broncos would have upset the Chiefs last Saturday, it would have been one of the biggest wins of the year for us.
1: Oh wow! So overall, Jay, it was a good week for you guys, or was just are you are you glad he added a week eighteen this year, or it it was just kind of a a wash when everything was put into it cuz i i'm sure you guys i i realize you guys graded NFL and the team totals and all that last week too so overall
2: it was good you know heading into that uh weekend last weekend here we were not in a very good position on many uh seasonal propositions a lot of over under uh season wins were not looking good uh certainly the Bengals winning the division we knew that was going to be a punch to the gut and the titans overwind was a uh, a huge loss for us so we were expecting to uh show a, a a pretty large red figure on sunday but saturday went our way we posted a very good saturday and then sunday the the games went uh i guess it, it, most of them went in our favor to reduce that that large red number that we were looking at so it, Overall, we came out pretty solid considering what we were looking at going into week 18. Yeah,
1: I mean, John, I'll, I'll ask you this: the games are pretty lame, honestly, the whole day. But that that Sunday night game with all the there was so much hype about the tie happening, and then I was like, "There's no way a tie is going to happen." And then, it, it, sure enough, it almost happened. Were you guys vulnerable on a tie at all, or, or how did that that last game work out for you guys?
3: We had a little exposure to the tie, but it was it was really more of a concern of will there will there not be any touchdowns scored? And we opened up no touchdown, five hundred to one, got bet on it immediately, and they just kept betting it, betting it, betting it all the way up till kickoff. That that was over pretty quickly. I think they scored a touchdown in the first quarter. We never had mm-hmm. to sweat that one, but I can remember even even being in the stadium before the game started. We were crowded around a bar watching the end of that San Francisco L.A. Rams game, and all these guys are talking about, oh, they're going to just kneel on the ball and it'll be 0-0, zero, zero. And, and I never believed that for one second. I, I never believed that they would do that. Now, when they were in overtime and they had the ball at midfield, could they just take the tie there and both make the playoffs? Yes, and I think they would have if the Chargers hadn't called timeout. But yeah. I, I, ne- I never believed that they would. the two teams would just agree to not try, and th- that was never a, an option in my mind.
1: So you were actually at the game? Was what? It was, it, what a, it was a pretty great game to watch. I mean, I assume oh, yeah. you stayed till the end, or you, you get out of there, and beat traffic. No, no, of course we stayed. You <laughs> stayed.
3: Are you, you going to beat traffic in an overtime game? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, in, incredible game. I, Justin Herbert was unbelievable in that game. I mean, that the, the the fourth downs he converted, he was extraordinary. Got to see probably the worst call the whole year. That pass interference call before halftime. They gave the Raiders a touchdown when. That ball was like 20 yards away from the receiver. Just an absolutely awful call. And then it was funny in overtime, all the speculation there, are they going to bother to kick the field goal? Are they going to take the tie? I thought the Chargers got way too conservative on their drive. After the Raiders kicked the field goal to go ahead, the Chargers were way too conservative, almost looked like they were playing for a field goal, and then the Raiders come back and they win the game with a field goal of their own. I, I, I I can't recall ever being at a more exciting NFL regular season game.
1: Yeah, I'd say for the Raiders fans, they if you had seasons tickets, the first game was incredible and this last game was incredible. Yeah. So good good for your hometown boys. Uh Jay, well, you know what, that game was great. And then Monday actually ended up being pretty good. I actually enjoyed this the college football championship game. How did uh how that work
2: out for you guys? It was, let's see, our second worst case scenario. <laughs> so it didn't turn oh. out too bad. But, I mean, it, it happens. But what was interesting about that game was we were just taking large wages on both sides. It was one day we needed Georgia, the next day we needed Alabama. It kept on flip-flopping as we were taking a number of six-figure wagers on, on both teams. And, and it didn't matter if they are laying free, taking free, laying the juice in the money line, taking the Alabama on the money line. We took a number of six-figure wagers all the way up leading to kickoff. And we didn't really know exactly who we were going to need until it it kicked off. And unfortunately, we needed Alabama and and over, and uh, it just didn't turn out that way. So it was a loser for us, but a very interesting game to book.
1: Jay, that's crazy. How many times in your career have you you guys needed Alabama and over? That seems like one of the biggest public bets of all time.
3: (laughs) Well, they they were a dog this time, not to interrupt Jay, but I mean, that's... Alabama was the dog this time. The, the public was all over Alabama money line in terms of the tickets we took. But Jay mentioned it. We took all these big bets on Georgia, really large bets. And then we had the futures liability on Georgia, Jay. So when you threw that in there, yeah, in the end, we were rooting for Alabama, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jay, the, public,
3: I was- the public was betting Alabama, but we, 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 were, we were rooting for the public, which is not normal. Not normal.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jay, were you guys – I was looking at the futures for next year and you, you just touched on, you had some Georgia futures. I, I i was looking and it feels like with this transfer, how these guys can just transfer all over. Is it going to be hard to really put up a futures right now when you don't really know what any of these players are going to do? No,
2: our guys do a great job, tremendous job watching, you know, the airwaves and we've mentioned plenty of times before that, you know, each one of our stations our wrist stations pretty much has a Twitter deck And and uh, we follow Twitter, and and we obviously follow the right people, and and uh, get that information as that's our our number one source of information. We put it up there, but we also keep a close eye on it. And if anybody wants to make a sizable bet, depending on who that guy is, if one of those typical sharp guys that bets off of information, you know, we'll take a look at it uh, very closely before you know adjusting that number. It keeps us on our toes, but it's not that difficult. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. Well, speaking of big bets coming in, I think we'll have them this week. Let's let's get to these playoff games. I'm so excited to have what I think will be some really good games this week, uh, Jay. We'll start with this first one. The, uh, your hometown Las Vegas Raiders are heading out to Cincinnati. Currently, five and a half total, forty nine. Looks like a little wind, thirty one degrees at kickoff. Uh, this, you know, we were talking before the show started, Jay about they wh- how do you think these Raiders are going to come out after just playing just the other day in a seriously long game
2: yeah this is uh it's a very interesting matchup because of that, but let me first tip my cap to the NFL I, I really like this format of two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and a Monday night playoff game we ne- we've never seen that before, so uh, I'm very excited about the format, so I got you know I, I know sometimes we, we take our shots at any league, you know, uh, but uh, you, you got to tip your cap when they do something that you agree with, and I certainly uh, are looking forward to this format. So you're right, Brent, the, the Raiders, this is a, a very tough spot for them. They're coming off a, a short week, a very tough, emotional, back-and-forth game that's one, one, one of the more memorable games in recent years, and then they have to travel over to the East Coast. And, uh, and some people say that that's not the East Coast, but it's back East. I, it's Eastern Standard <laughs> Time. Okay, so I uh, I really don't understand the move. Um, the Sharps have taken the Raiders at plus 6.5. That was the opening number, and they also have taken plus 6, and we are now currently looking at 5.5. 73% of the tickets are on the Raiders, which I just don't get because I just don't see them going in there performing that well against a, probably a very underrated Bengals team, uh, you know, on a short week. So the betting patterns right now uh, don't make sense to me because I'm kind of leaning towards the Cincinnati side here.
1: Mm-hmm. John, do you – this game, I agree with everything Jay said. I, I was surprised they're on the Raiders. This, But the, you, you – this is respected money that came in. This just isn't yeah. the hometown fans betting the Raiders, is it?
3: No, no, no. These these are sharp guys. I mean, Jay mentioned the seventy three percent ticket count and that that's public people, probably just fans here in Nevada of the Raiders. But the people that actually move the number from six and a half down to five and a half, those are absolutely sharp players that we've been following all season long and they, they're on the Raiders as well. So right now, here at least at the Superbook in Nevada, we've got the public and the the, the sharp guys on the Raiders. I think it's a great matchup to start off the playoffs. The Raiders deserve a ton of credit for making the postseason. And the Bengals are a a very talented young team that's probably going to be in the postseason for years to come with Joe Burrow under center. So usually the first game on Saturday is a dud. You know, I remember for years it was always the Texans against some other awful team, and it was terrible. Yeah. This year, I think the first game is great, and I think we're going to get a ton of action on it. So far, the wise guys are definitely on the dog here. And I know what Jay's saying. The Raiders had a very long game on Sunday night, and the Bengals kind of took last week off. Joe Burrow didn't even travel to Cleveland for that game. The Bengals are rested, and the Raiders are coming in on a short week after a long game. So it's definitely a good spot for Cincinnati.
1: Yeah. I agree. It's a great I remember I think it's the Nickelodeon Nickelodeon games his first game, and you're right, it's usually the, the worst matchup, but I'm, sure. I'm excited for Saturday. And uh what I'm really excited for was I think one of the best games of the weekend is the the Saturday night late game. Uh the Patriots head to Buffalo. Buffalo currently four and a half, total forty-four and a half. And Jay, what everyone's talking about on this game is the weather. Looks like it's going to be in the single digits, a little wind, uh what are you guys thinking on this game? This, this looks like a really good matchup.
2: Yeah, I just saw the weather report. And it looked like it's going to be game time. It's going to be about four degrees. So this, this line opened four and a half, and it's a, it's a solid four across the board now. And looking at the ticket count, it's dead even. You, you know, I guess you're looking at you're taking Belichick. You're taking Allen. Um, it's, it's really a, a true rubber match here. Um but it's great two way action. A very easy game to book. Nothing sharp on this yet. Even though I you know, some would say some of that plus four and a half was sharp, but um and I would agree with that to a certain extent, but not a lot of sharp play there. Um I expect it to be uh, very evenly bet going into this game. And I, I agree. I think it's a very even though it's a it's a third time around for us to watch this game, pretty much in an isolated rubber match. This game will get a lot of attention Saturday night, but I believe it's going to be very well balanced at the betting counter.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. Josh Allen and Belichick just a battle here. John, the one thing I was kind of looking at, it, and I assume, why well, I don't know what's going to happen, but do you think this game will get some under money? It seems like the colder it gets, that the people want to rush to the window and bet under on these cold games.
3: Yeah, there's definitely some parlay liability already to the under, and some pretty significant bets on under 44. Although nothing that caused us to move the line, uh, the dollar amounts are significant, but it wasn't from the respective players we've seen all season betting totals. So nothing, nothing moved the line there. We're still at 44. There was a little bit of sharp money on Buffalo minus four this morning, which is why we went to four and a half. But it's very two-way action. There's, there's not. I, I agree with what Jay said. There's not really a sharp side on this game at four, four and a half. A lot of good two-way right. Uh, I, I think it's the best game of the weekend. It's the game I'm most excited to, or most looking forward to watching and, and a great rubber match between two teams that were amongst the best in the AFC all season. So it should be a great game. And, and again, th- these are two two quarterbacks like Joe Burrow. You might want to get used to seeing these two guys in the playoffs as well. Josh Allen certainly is going to be in the playoffs for years to come, and Mac Jones is in a great position in, in New England.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. We I, I think we're seeing a lot of the future on this Saturday. Oh yeah, which uh, leads me into Sunday when we're seeing the, the 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 past, but the past that will not die. The legendary Tom Brady. I've come around on him. He's he's just so good. This early game Sunday, uh, Philadelphia is heading to Tampa Bay. Currently, Tampa Bay eight and a half total forty six. A little different weather on this one, Jay. It's going to be sixty seven, but it looks like there's going to be a ton of rain and a little a little wind. Uh, well, have, you, have you got much action on this, or is this going to be something you think Sunday morning, people are, the betters are going to concentrate on these Saturday games and then come in on Sunday?
2: Actually, this, this game is probably the one that has the least amount of action on it so far. We ex- mm-hmm. expect it to pick up on Saturday night and obviously Sunday morning. But looking at the handle, it's very light compared to the others. And what we have so far has been very split. The game opened eight and a half. It's still the same it looks like the ticket count is very even as well, which I'm a little surprised because I thought that uh, most of the recreational players will uh, you know, side with Tom Brady, and they usually do, and they probably will, but they just haven't bet it yet. So I, I know that there are some sharp plays out there on the Eagles. Uh, not, not a lot to move the line, but I know that I've talked to a few of them that are favoring the Eagles side. However, it's very tough to go against Tom, as always, it's 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 he always finds that way. Uh, but eight and a half points is a lot of points in a playoff game.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that, Jay John. Eight and a half is a lot. And haven't the Eagles kind of been a sharp side pretty much all, all the whole year? Mm-hmm. So, would you anticipate that number maybe coming down a little bit? Obviously, it's not going to. Or I don't know. Obviously, again, I don't know anything, but I can't imagine it going to like seven and a half. Even would it?
3: Well, Philadelphia was the was the wise guys' darling in the NFC pretty much all year, and the the wise guys' darling in the AFC was Indianapolis, who apparently didn't make it to the postseason. I don't know how that's (laughs) even possible, but they're not there. So yes, you're right. The Eagles were a team we took sharp money on all year, but I think I think that's kind of adjusted into the number here. I don't. don't, I'd be kind of surprised if it went much lower than eight and a half or eight. Philadelphia is in the playoffs because they played such a terrible schedule down the stretch. They played Washington twice. They played the Giants twice. They played the Jets. I mean, they, they, they kind of backed their way into the postseason here. I, I think we'll, we'll definitely be rooting for the Eagles on Sunday morning. Buccaneers teasers, Buccaneers money line parlays will be very in vogue this weekend, I would imagine.
2: Yeah, that, that's an interesting point, John, about the teasers. Because I was just looking at that because I was like, well, that's a very teasable game uh, for a lot of people. But um, not so much for the others. You know, unless you're going to tease up, which a yeah. lot of a lot no, of no, them true. try away from that. You know, like say take the Patriots plus ten, or you know the Rams, or excuse me, the Cardinals plus ten, and then tease the you know bucks down to two and a half. Uh, usually, well, like, the, some schedules will like really push you push the teasers, but I don't think mm-hmm. this schedule is.
3: Well, you need a dance partner. You need somebody to tease them too. And you're right. I mean, the public loves to tease the teams that are. Just over seven-point favorites. Tease them down to where they think all they need to do is win the game. That's the most popular playoff teaser. And this week, there's just nobody to tease the Buccaneers with. So that that could definitely deter some of the teaser action.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, you could maybe do Raiders up to 11.5, but I, I see what you're saying. I, I'm I'm guilty of that. You always want to bring down the favorite, then bring up the underdog. And that's uh, why I get crushed. But uh, let's move to this middle game on Sunday. This is a game I'm hearing the most about on the internet. Uh, And Jay, I'm curious where you guys are at on this, because it seems like, you know, John just said the the wise guy darlings, it seems like everybody's dark horse or or the new media darling is this 49ers team. Uh, And that game currently Cowboys are three minus 20 total of 51. Uh, I'm just curious on the betting side, Jay, is, are you seeing a lot more action on the 49ers or is this just something everybody's talking about on
2: TV? Well, John said that he was looking forward to that Patriot-Bills game and, and this is the game I'm looking forward to even though it's kind of old school uh, for for some of us. It's it's certainly a high-volume game. I was actually hoping that this game would have been Sunday night instead of Sunday afternoon. But this is a line that... Uh, I think provokes the there's uh, a lot of action on both sides. you got the Cowboys opening at three. Now they're three minus $1. twenty. We certainly have some, uh, a little bit of sharp money, I'd, I'd say, on the Cowboys at minus three flat. But the, the general public have fallen in love with this Niners team. Uh, 73% of the tickets are, are on San Francisco. I think it's a terrible spot because that Niners ram game last week was one of the most physical games I've seen all year. and and I just don't know, and that's one of the concerns I would have if I was a Rams fan or a Niners fan, you know, coming off that, and especially for the Niners having to travel to Dallas, you know, after that real physical game, and I'm still not sold on Garoppolo, but um, obviously, uh, you know, that hasn't uh, uh, shied uh, any of the uh, recreational play that we've seen out there, so um, I I think it might go up just a tad. In fact, I think by the time we get to game time, we might see three-and-a-halves, uh, but nothing beyond that. Yeah, uh, John,
1: I'm curious. Like in the in your guys' room when you guys all sit down, this these two teams. How do you guys feel about these two teams? Or do you think their real title contenders can really give Green Bay a game? Or are they just two of the most famous hype teams? Uh, you know, that the, the pretty public teams that everybody loves.
3: Well, Dallas is one of the most talented teams in the league. Dallas they've they've had one of the most talented rosters in the league all season. They, they have, I think they have the best against the spread record in the whole NFL this year. They've, they've overachieved against the number. I, I think Dallas is very capable of a deep run in the playoffs. I mean, this is absolutely the marquee game of the weekend. Somebody at Fox must have uh, pulled some strings to get this game in the afternoon because I agree with Jay. I definitely thought that When I saw the matchups, I thought for sure this was going to be Sunday night football because uh, it's definitely the marquee game of the weekend in terms of betting interest. It'll be our highest handle game. I don't know that I think the San Francisco could really go on the road and win three games because I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo enough, and I also think Jay's right. The Niners are off of a very tough game. They had a scratch and claw just to get into the playoffs last week. It's a tough spot for San Francisco, so I think Dallas is definitely the team more likely to make a run to the Super Bowl, although, Brent, you know that I've been saying for a long time now that Aaron Rodgers is going to be lifting his second Lombardi in L.A. in a few weeks. I don't wow. think anybody's beaten Aaron
1: Rodgers. I hope you're right about that. And you know, this was just reminds me of what we've talked about so many times on here that the, the casual better just remembers what they saw last week. And I think so many people remember that 49ers comeback, and it just seems like the whole world's on the 49ers, which uh, another thing I've learned on here makes me want to be on the Cowboys side. Sure. Um, that, that'll be a great game. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, I agree with you guys. This Sunday night game is kind of the, the, the lame one for this week. And, uh, we, what we thought was Ben's last game last week, I assume will be this week. Currently, the Chiefs are 12 and a half, total 46. Jay, is this game, I don't even know how you handicapped this game. This, this Steelers team looks so bad, but the Chiefs have been up and down again. I think the Chiefs look good, but then they didn't play that well at Denver last week on a very important game. So I got to imagine
2: you're not going to
1: take a lot of Steelers money on this game, though, right?
2: Well, so far, it's been very even. The market has actually moved the Chiefs from 11.5 to 12.5. That, that's not sharp money. It's just the market has moved up a little bit. I just think the Chiefs are going to kind of yawn their way through this. I think it's a perfect mm-hmm. game for the Chiefs to, to have as, as their, their tune-up. Um, I, I don't think the Steelers have a chance in this game. I think they have celebrated uh, Ben's uh, last game um, as, as his last game of his career so I, I think it's one of these games where you're, you're, most of the people are going to be falling asleep to and kind of waking up <laughs> and going, oh, shoot. And they scored another right. touchdown. It's 24 to 7 now, you know. It, uh, and uh, it's one of those games that you're kind of fading in and out on. And I don't think it's anything. I wish this game was at 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, on, on Sunday. Uh, oh. because uh, It's the least popular game you know, uh, on the board as, as far as like, I mean, I know we talked about the Eagles and bucks, but I, I think when it comes down to it, um, well, I'll take that back because it's Sunday night. Since it's Sunday night, this game will get some attention, but uh, it's really nothing that sticks out here except for the market has moved one point. Mm-hmm.
1: John, do you, you got any reasons? I, I think Jay's analysis is perfect. This is a yawn game. For the public, but and he might be right. The Chiefs might yawn their way through this. Twelve and a half is still a lot for an NFL game. Is this a backdoor cover situation maybe, or do you think the Chiefs are just going to remind everybody they're the Chiefs and really try to set the tone for the AFC with this game and let everybody know they're coming?
3: This is a big number uh, for sure, uh, and I think it could even possibly go up as we get closer to Sunday. This is the fifth game of the six games this weekend. So you're gonna have parlays from Saturday, parlays from the early game Sunday, going to the Kansas City money line. We already had one guy bet like I think somewhere around seventy thousand on Chiefs money line to win a few thousand at minus seven fifty, and I know that there's gonna be money line parlays. Everybody that does a money line parlay this week will just throw the Chiefs into that parlay. So the liability is gonna be huge. Don't be surprised if it goes up a little bit before kickoff. If you're looking about the Steelers, you may want to wait for that one. I don't know. I think the Steelers could keep it close. I mean, I've always thought the Steelers are a very well-coached team. I like, uh, although Mike Tomlin's Tomlin's performance in the playoffs last year, notwithstanding, he was punting on every play. But I I do believe in Mike Tomlin. I believe in their defense. And Kansas City, when they had that run where their defense was playing so well, they were playing some very weak opposition. And I, I think they were exposed a little bit towards the end of the year by teams like the Chargers. They almost lost that Denver game, which would have been a horrible loss. So Kansas City is not exactly a world beater, so that line maybe is a touch high.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I agree. If you're gonna if you're gonna bet the Steelers, I'd wait till game time, or or maybe even wait till next year. But who knows? I have a feeling the Steelers the Steelers team got heart, and I have a feeling I don't think they're gonna win. But I wouldn't be surprised if this. They, they get close to covering, but we'll see. We'll, we'll yawn our way through that game, and we'll get to Monday night, which we have another a pretty good game right here, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, Jay. This this Rams team really blew a lead last week, and I thought they'd I don't know if it's – if uh, McVeigh just can't beat the Cardinals or what it is, but – I mean, the, the Niners, but it seems like the Rams – this is a much better matchup for the Rams. Rams currently four and total of 50. Uh, have you seen much action on this game, or do you think this will be a Monday night when everybody takes their wins or their losses from the weekend and, and doubles down on this one?
2: Well, we open this game, uh, Rams minus five is down to four, but we've actually seen both sides get some sharp action at minus four, at plus four, four and a half. So the Sharps have been playing it. I'm, I'm a little surprised that the, they're, they're playing both sides because I thought that the, the Rams would – because I don't think much of the Cardinals – but the Rams was that other team in that very physical game that we saw last week when they played the Niners. And the Rams you know, Rams are very interesting because they were all in for this season. You know they're, they're not the youngest team, but they went out and they got players uh, to, to win now. You know, middle of the season they get Von Miller. They they were all sold to win this year, and that loss to the Niners was a huge. Hit to the gut for them. I'm gonna. It's going to be uh, interesting to see how they rebound from that because I know that they w- went all in on that game, went all in for the season, and it came at you know came up short. And now they are playing you know uh, the Cardinals here, but the Cardinals kind of rolled them the last time they played. So it's it's a very interesting matchup, and I think it's going to get a tremendous amount of action. But we probably won't see that action until Sunday night, most likely Monday. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. I agree. It's an interesting matchup. And, John, this Cardinals team, both these teams are weird to me. This Cardinals team, for some reason, plays better on the road than they do at home. Yeah. And I just can't. This Rams team is so they, – sometimes they look like world beaters and sometimes they look awful. So I'm, what, what do you think on this game? Is this a game – well, what the total hasn't moved has is, what do I do with this game, or do I just watch it?
3: <laughs> well, you can't. no, you can't do that. You have to bet on it. That's, where That's right. That's
1: right. You're right. Uh, Thank you. That but, was a test right there, and you yeah, passed. of course. <laughs> but
3: we, we we saw some sharp money. A player at the Superbook in New Jersey went over 49.5 yesterday, right as I was getting ready to leave work. Now, we went up to 50. We have moved it back down to 49.5 because there's been some sharp money in the market on the under this morning. So, two-way action there. Some sharp guys, I think on, or not I think, I know on Arizona plus the points in this game, but I don't trust Arizona. I I just don't, I don't, uh, I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury. He kicks too many field goals. I don't trust Kyler Murray. I, I, I just, I don't know that I'd really be in a rush to bet on the Cardinals in this game either. So it's a, it's a tough spot. I know Jay's not exactly a big Matthew Stafford fan. I can't disagree there, but I think Jay, Jay's analysis is good. I mean, the Rams are the Rams aren't here to win a wild card game and get bounced in the second round. They they had aspirations of winning a Super Bowl. And by falling to the 4 seed with that loss to the 49ers last week, they've put themselves way behind the 8 ball. It's very difficult to picture them going into Green Bay and winning. And they very well might have blown their season on Sunday in that overtime loss to the 49ers. And I don't know, um, they might know that and you might see that in their body language on Monday night.
4: This episode of the Superbook Sports Podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped is the global leader in men's below the waist grooming. Clean yourself into the new year with their brand new ultra clean body wash. Get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping today at manscaped.com with the promo code Superbook20. Support the Superbook Sports Podcast this new year and get 20% off site Plus free shipping at
0: manscaped.com
4: with the promo code superbook20.
0: Let's get an update on the ultimate football handicapping challenge. Hey guys, what's shaking in your super contest this week?
1: Let's talk about the super contest real quick. Super contest got real interesting down the stretch here, Jay. Now, what I was reading, the guy that won the super test gold, did he also win the super contest or what happened? I know it was close
2: at the end there. Yeah, we actually had a, um, a contestant who had different aliases, same guy. Uh, he clinched the gold with one week to go, and he won just over, what, like, 435,000 there. And then he was in the running, as uh, four or five others were in the running for the, the Super Contest Classic, and he ended up tying, and he... <laughs> He sent me an email, and he goes, even though he lost the tiebreaker, can you just call me co-champion? And I <laughs> said, uh, I'll call you whatever you want. I just can't call you champion. Uh, <laughs> but that that meant a lot to him. He goes, do I get a ring? And I said, if you want a ring, I'll get you a ring. You're going to get a ring for the gold, but if you want a ring for the Super Contest as co-champion, even though he lost the tiebreaker, uh, he was very excited. In fact, he he's uh, from California. Uh, the, the, the contestant that ended up winning the super contest, he's also from California. But the, the, the one contestant, which would have been a first, he came that close of winning both of them.
1: That is incredible. How's the tiebreaker
2: work? The tiebreaker works with the best record over the last three weeks. And then oh. if it's uh, still tied, then they go back to best record over the last four weeks. So on and so forth until that tie is broken. Uh, but he he just lost the tiebreaker. He knew it, um, but uh, obviously you could see where. Yeah, I mean, anybody would be excited. He's going to you know go home um, at, you know, with more than a you know half a million dollars in his pocket. So he's very thrilled. But it was very important that we call him co-champion.
1: That's awesome. Well, you know what? I didn't know that you gave out rings too. I saw the rings on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Those are that's such a cool little bonus that you guys did. Have you been doing that for a while, or is this the first year you gave out the championship ring?
2: No, we've been doing it for a while now, and they seem to be very popular. And and uh, we, uh, as soon as we get the, you know, the final results, we we put the record on there. Their alias, how much they win. Um, a lot of people take pride in that. And yes, I've seen some of our past champions wear them around, and uh, they they show them, especially during the playoffs or you know our Super Contest weekend in August. We get some of the the past champions, and they're they're wearing the rings. So. Uh, it, it's uh, something that we've done probably over the last uh, six or seven years now and maybe longer um, but it's uh, it's been a hit.
0: It's time for The
2: Big Ticket.
0: Hey John, any tickets make you do a double take this week at the Superbook? John, I know you you know
1: we talk big ticket and it seems like It's harder to, because with the COVID and weather and everything, people are betting their big tickets more close to post. I know you said there was a 70K bet on the Chiefs money line. Do you have anything else come in early yet, or do you think it'll be something Saturday, Sunday morning, you'll get some big, big tickets?
3: I think it'll be this weekend. I think it'll be more of like, uh, as we get closer to post time. Although, I I have said... uh, tongue-in-cheek that I don't think that anybody's going to test positive for COVID this week miraculously. So I I, uh, <laughs> I don't I don't think that that's going to factor in at all. The way I said it wouldn't factor into the Monday night national championship game. But, but I, I do think most of the bigger bets we see are going to come in as we get closer to kickoff. I mean, the biggest bet we took on the national championship game, guy came in, he bet $225,000 on Georgia Moneyline, and then he did a $25,000 parlay of Georgia Moneyline to the under. So there's a guy coming in, he's laying a quarter of a million dollars, he's doing that a few hours before kickoff. And I don't know that we'll take anything that big this weekend, but I know that those big bets will probably come in as we get closer to the game times.
2: We've taken a number of five-figure bets, I mean, I know that we've oh, yeah, yeah. taken Cowboys minus three, Patriots plus four and a half, Bills minus four, we mentioned the Raiders, Raiders plus six and a half, plus. so it's kind of been all over, uh, a lot of them, not those mm-hmm. huge like six-figure bets that we saw last weekend, but... Uh, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens, but I would expect some pretty solid five-figure bets throughout the weekend.
1: Yeah, I assume you guys – I can't wait to hear next week who, who came in. Are, Jay, are these – I mean, how many, like, casual bettors do you have making huge bets? Or are they pretty much
2: all sharps? Oh, no. We have a, probably yeah, a good handful, uh, you know, of players that uh, – you know, I mean, we – a good handful of, like, significant five-figure wagers – and some of those are six figures, and but uh, as far as the like the lower end, five figures, ten k, you know, twenty k, um, you know, it, it's 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 a few dozen of those players out there that uh, we see pop up pretty much on a on a weekly basis. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> that is awesome. Um, all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what kind of big tickets come in. We'll talk about that next week. Um, let's go to what else is going on. It's it's a lot of football going on. Uh, obviously, this is the most important time of the year. What else is going on at the, at the Superbook, Jay?
2: Well, um, I'd like to say something about uh, a friend that we lost this, this week, uh, Brian Blessing. Um, he was a close friend of mine and a, a very well-respected colleague. He moved from Buffalo, he used to he used to be a sportscaster in Buffalo and, and be a sideline reporter for the Bills, and he uh, used to be the post game host for the Sabers up there for 25 years. He did that, and they moved to Vegas in '05. Uh, we immediately uh, you know connected, and um, he was just a very courteous, uh, gracious uh, guy. I mean, no one ever said a bad word about the guy. He was just so in tune to the sports betting world and, and we lost him so soon, unexpectedly, um, on last Sunday. And, uh, my heart goes out to, uh, Marie and, and uh, his family. We're certainly going to miss the guy. I mean, that guy was, he was old school. Like, like me, Brand. he, he, he would be the one guy that would record games like, like I do and watch later and try to make it through the day without hearing the score. And we would joke about that all the time. We, you know, we <laughs> would joke about that on the golf course when, and we play golf probably a couple times a month, but um, it, it really hurts to think that I won't be able to talk to him, but um, all our best to uh, him and his family. And, and uh, I know the, the community out here is, is hurting by, by that loss.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. It he sounds like an awesome guy, uh, the way you described him in, in this gambling world. You know, generous, courteous, nice. There's a lot of guys that kind of get bad reps. So you, when you hear about someone wonderful, that, that sucks. And I'm really sorry you lost your friend, Jay. Uh, before we get you guys out of here, let me ask you. Now we're full in the playoffs here, John. Is there... We've checked in on it, but and I don't know if you've got any bets this week, but who are you guys looking – Who do we have a Giants like we uh, – the, the baseball liability like we had with the Giants, or who's bad for you guys? Well, what would be the, the updated worst Super Bowl matchup?
3: You know, we don't, we don't have a Giants situation. That Giants situation was very unusual. I mean, I, other than the, the Golden Knights in 2018, I can't really recall one as quite as dire – as the situation we were in on the Giants. We we do lose big on New England, and we do lose big on the Rams, but New England's got a tough path to the Super Bowl. And the Rams, like we mentioned earlier on the show, they've, they have created a tough path for themselves with that loss on Sunday. So we want to see the Patriots get knocked out. That's our biggest one. We'd like to see the Rams get knocked out, but our team here did a great job. They booked this very well, and we're in a good position on Kansas City, Green Bay, Buffalo, Tampa Bay. Those are the big favorites, and all you can do is book – put yourself in a position to win if the favorite teams win. And our guys did that. So we're not, we're not really concerned about the future book in the NFL.
1: Yeah. I would say that's gotta be a dream scenario when, uh, the, the teams that you are have, have liability on, have a bunch of road games to get to the Super Bowl. So your team did a really good job for sure. Um, all right. Uh, I guess we'll wrap it up here. You know what, Jay, let me check in with you real quick on the, how's the Arizona app doing? Everything's still good. I, again, I, uh, I had a friend. I got two of my friends to sign up because they're heading out there for uh, the waste management, and they're so excited to be able to go out and and, and gamble. Um, how, how's the app doing? And and I saw some other states are starting to open. Do you know about any other states possibly opening soon?
2: Yeah, well, we are uh, operating uh, full throttle in, in Arizona right now, and uh, we got a lot of odds boost, obviously, with the Cardinals in in the playoffs. Um, and, uh, you know, the other team's doing well as, um, down there as well. The, um, the big news, I think, this week was this week we, uh, you know, we were able to uh, finally, finally, we've something we've been working with for a while, but PayPal is uh, active in all uh, states now. So whether you live in Arizona or Colorado or New Jersey, um, you know, uh, to uh, fund your account, you can use the PayPal channel. Uh, as far as the other states, I, I can't announce them quite yet, but uh, we, we are working on a three at this time. We'll probably be able to make an announcement here soon, but I would expect that three additional states probably by mid-year.
1: That's awesome. Love to see it growing. And the PayPal thing's great. Some of us uh, have fiancés with joint bank accounts. So this uh, PayPal news is great <laughs> news for me. So uh, I love it. I love to see it growing and you guys are doing awesome. Um, okay. Well, well, let's wrap it up for this week. I know you guys got a ton of stuff going on. So thank you, John and Jay. All right. Thanks, Brad. See you
2: next Thanks, week. Brent.
1: The Superbook sports podcast, the playoff edition. I love it. The playoffs are here. Come watch games with us. If you're in Vegas, go to the Superbook and watch the games. And if you happen to be in Colorado, you can always go to the Lodge Casino out in Blackhawk. Or you can come have beers and chicken wings and nachos with me this Saturday and Sunday. I will be down at Blake Street Tavern watching all the games. So come down. I'll buy you a beer. And uh, we'll hang out, win some money, and and enjoy playoff football. And uh, other than that, um, if you're enjoying the show, please follow us on Superbook Sports or go to Superbook.com. And please, wherever you're listening to the podcast, give us a five-star review, rate, leave a comment. That really helps uh, helps us in all these stupid podcast algorithms so we can keep doing the show. So we're here. We're in the heart of the playoffs. It's going to get even more exciting in the next couple weeks. So we're glad to have you, and we will talk
0: to you next week. You've been locked into the Superbook Sports Podcast. You get a win! You get a win! Featuring Jay Cornegate, John Murray, and Brand Tobler. I need some more of that. Come on. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on weekly behind-the-counter access to the world of the NFL. Hey, you thought you was going to get me, huh? Hell no. Want the best sports betting podcasts on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. Greenroll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing
1: you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com.
0: GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network.
4: This episode of the Superbook Sports Podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped is the global leader in men's below-the-waist grooming. Clean yourself into the new year with their brand-new ultra-clean body wash. Get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping today at Manscaped.com with the promo code SUPERBOOK20. Support the Superbook Sports Podcast this new year and get 20% off site-wide plus free shipping at Manscaped.com
0: with the promo code superbook Book 20,
2: 20, 20, 20. 20.